Hi guys, this is Anna Lakin with Enlightened Transitions presented by Dylan Logriff. And today I have with me Dave Holder from Assisted Living Locators. Hey Anna. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm so excited to just jump right into things and talk to people about what is Assisted Living Locators, what's your background, and maybe how they can use you as a resource. Awesome. So let's get right into it. Why don't you just tell me a little bit about what's your background? How did you get into this? So my background is horticulture, which, and I think with most people, it leads right into senior advising, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's the natural transition. So yeah, I did that for 15 years, landscaping, snow removal. I kind of worked my way up to where I was a branch manager and uh, loved it very, very much until I didn't, honestly. Um, it kind of became a little bit, for me, a little too corporate. I found myself in the office forecasting spreadsheets, budgets, and I, you know, got into landscaping because I like plants and trees and all right. that and uh, didn't see them from my office all that often. And so I wanted to make a transition and I worked for a snow only company, which was a great company. And I learned a ton because it kind of made me flex my uh, marketing muscles and sales. And, and I did that. But um, snow and me was just not a good fit anymore. <laughs> my wife was tired of being a snow widow and you know me up um, at all hours of the night and um, it really stressed me out. It was, so was, it was that really here hard. locally or yeah. were you abroad? Yeah, it was here. I yeah. tried it in San Diego. Oh, and it, snow yeah, in and San it was, Diego. Yeah, it, it didn't work <laughs> out. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, yeah, so I decided to make the, the big, the big uh, decision to, to find something else and uh, I had met up with a guy by the name of Jeff Crane, who I didn't know at the time was a franchise broker. And he spent a lot of time with me talking about what I thought I was good at, what I uh, thought I was successful, what I wanted to do, you know, and it was a really great, great coach. Um, but like a great coach, he convinced me that I could run my own business. <laughs> right. So yeah, and uh, we spent a lot of time looking at carpet cleaners and uh, grease cleaners or whatever they do for restaurants, something yeah. like that. And uh, nothing was really banging my shutters, so to speak. And then assisted living locators came across as an option. And it really struck me, it really hit me personally first, because about six, eight months earlier, we had gone through this with my father-in-law and we had no direction, no one to help us. And it was really stressful. So I watched that from the inside, uh, the family dynamics that came out of the woodwork. and. I was like, wow, that, that could really, really be meaningful. And I, I need that meaning and I want to be able to help people because I believe in the servant leadership. I love the relationships. It's selling, but it's not, you know, right. um, that could be amazing. And so we, uh, we looked into it and it's a wonderful company and made the jump a year Good. ago. So business owner. Yeah. Who knew? So what is, what is that relationship like or um, for those that don't know, what does it mean to be an assisted living locator? Yeah, great question. So assisted living locators is your local no-cost senior referral service. So no cost to who? No cost to the placement. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they Very can work good. with me, and it's 100% free. So they can come to me, be it the family or the senior themselves. They can come to me, and I will sit down with them and learn all about their health you know, needs now and in the future, what their financial goals are, what amenities that they're looking for, what location they want to be. I'll spend a lot of time, even really, I want to know their aesthetic. Are they kind of a traditional or do they like more contemporary thing? What activities do they want? I want to find out what they're really looking for and what their goals are. 
and then I will make recommendations for them. So I like to give them three, and then if they say yes, that's that's I want to work with you to do that. Um, I'll set up the tours. Um, we'll game plan, and then I will go on the tours with them. So I will act as their advocate, ask questions for them. Um, I like to take notes for them so they can just kind of be in involved in the moment and, right. and, and check out the community. And uh, yeah, that's all That's all no cost. So I will see that through all the way to the move-in. So what can they expect? So if I've decided, yes, I want to work with you and you've picked out these three communities based on what you've heard, once we get there, what do I expect from you there? If you're taking notes, and maybe I've never done this before. Sure. Um, how how do you help me through that process? Um, I think it's 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 twofold. You know, so in that initial intake where I kind of get that information, I'll send them recommendations, and I want their buy-in, and I explain to them, hey, I've picked this one because it has a skilled nursing facility with it. So you had mentioned that you were concerned about having to move again, for example. This one, would you wouldn't have to leave the campus, for example. I picked this one because it's a newer community. I picked this one because it's got, you know, a, it's smaller. Um, so I like to, to explain that to them early on in the process, so I get their buy-in. Um, and then I like, once they decide on those three, we game plan. So let's, what do we want out of the meeting, so to speak? What are we trying to get to goal-wise? Is it a financial concern? Is that the biggest part of this? Is it the long-term goal that we want to make sure wh what that is that, that we find out? So we'll have an idea before we even set foot in the community of what we want to get out of that meeting. Um, but I think when, when you're working with me, you've got that partner. So you're not going, I, 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 I'm embarrassed. I don't know what to ask by license versus unlicensed means. Right. You know, so I will stop that mid conversation and say, okay, is everybody on the same page? D explain to us a little bit more what license means in the state of the Indiana versus unlicensed and really kind of move the conversation along. So um, the, the placement understands that aspect of it. Right. I hear a lot of different pieces. When you were talking, I came up with a bunch of questions that we didn't even go over. Okay. So there is a learning curve to the industry. And I'm sure you experienced that coming from landscaping mm -hmm. and into a completely new industry. And there's a certain level of language or lingo that you have to learn, like licensed. That seems simple, but continuum of care when you break down the word, sure, that makes sense. But what does it mean to a person? Um, how much of what you do is that, is the education side of just helping people kind of understand a world that they've never been in? That's a great question. And I think it's, 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 it's a really, it's a good balance because most of the time, unfortunately, people are in crisis mode. Yeah. They're not really planning ahead. And right. so my goal is to not overwhelm them. It's to let them, you know, eat this elephant one bite at a time and give them that information so it, they can see how we're going to go through this each step of the process. Um, I can organize all of those notes so it makes sense. And then there to help them um, understand what's available to them and what um, would get them kicked out of the community, so <laughs> to speak, um, right. and, and what all those pieces are. Um, but education, I like to just smatter that in there because I could easily talk about everything I've learned in the last year right. and their their head would spin and I wouldn't be doing them any good. So right. I really have to be 
um, kind of, you know, a little bit of the psychologist, the counselor, um, the teacher, the advocate, and just really hold their hand and, and be their partner through this side by side that they find a really good fit for themselves or their loved one that's not overwhelming for them, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you just touched on my next question, actually, okay. is... Um, I don't know. So I, when I talk to a individual who is looking into a transition, be it from home into a care setting or receiving care at home, even all of that is a scary kind of a journey. And I I guess how many people, or you don't even have to quantify it, but just kind of talk on people who come to you and they, maybe the adult child understands that their parent needs care but accepting care out of the home is scary. And how do you kind of overcome that? Or um, how difficult is that? Or how can you help people feel better in that decision? Yeah, I think the, the, I mean, one of the biggest things is just being as empathetic as I can. I think I'm a really empathetic guy with a lot of emotional intelligence. So I, I really, I mean, I understand that. I understand you know, I'm only not quite 50, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I know I understand getting older, and I know what that must be like having a house that you've probably lived in 30 or 40 years, right. and the idea of going to a one or two bedroom is is extremely overwhelming, and it's uh, it, it, on every level, right? Just not right. only the possessions, but the emotional attachment that you're coming towards that chapter in your life. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. I don't think that that's the mindset these communities are designed around to let some of that worry go right you know somebody's going to come in and clean your apartment for you that's great somebody's going to you know do your laundry and fold that for you you've got time to do other things and take other interests it doesn't have to be that the clock's running out it should be that look at all these opportunities that are here for you to do and it's a new new chapter and um you know i uh was told this by somebody in, in home health care said, uh, hey, you know, I, I work a lot of hours and my husband l- works a lot of hours and <clears throat> I have all of his shirts laundered for him. So he doesn't we don't have to I don't have to iron. Right. And I have my uh, house cleaned once a week. So that's not there for us. And we go out to eat once or twice a week because it saves us a lot of time and stress. Mm-hmm. Lisa and I talk all of the time. Lisa Dillman, the managing okay. attorney at Dillman Law Group, about how the laundry service and the cleaning service and all of those things are really the beginning of your quote unquote care journey. Like, yeah, right. It's you deciding you're not going to do something and allow someone else to do it for you. So transitions don't have to be as scary as they feel when there is a, as abrupt as moving. Um, because if I think if as a community we get into a mindset where we understand that just allowing a person to help us with something is them caring for us. That's the first step into a care journey. And um, so kind of on this same, uh, I don't know, wave, when it comes to adult children, we have a lot of focus groups here at the office to understand the market. And in one of them, we talk to a lot of adult children who said, like, when I put my mom into assisted living or what they call the home, it's different now. Um, But when I put my mom into this care setting, whatever it was, here are my plethora of bad experiences. And I think that's a a huge 
hurdle to try and get over when we're making that decision for another parent that's maybe 10 years down the road um, or themselves making that decision to move into a care setting. So can you kind of describe when you're going into these communities, what's different now for those who are entering this time in their life where they might be putting a loved one into a care setting? What are some of those fears that are, have gone away, have been solved? that are in the communities? Yeah, I think um, if I answer your question correctly, I, I think a lot of it is that um, this just happened last week where I was touring with a, a, a daughter and her parents and they didn't see the, you know, the medicine cart or where's yeah. the nurse's station? I don't, right. where is this at? And it's like, they're, they're designed to, to not look clinical at all. So they're there and we pointed them out and he was just fascinated, like, oh, well, I just I thought it was going to be, you know, like my grandmother's nursing home of right. 1965. And they're not like that. No. And a lot of the questions revolved around, um, like, well, are these people just going to keep coming into my apartment? And it's like, no, it's not a hospital. They're not there to check on <laughs> right. you. And how are you? Did you did you <laughs> did you go to the restroom today? <laughs> you know, where are you at? That these are these are your homes. You can paint. You can do whatever you want. These right. are designed for you. They want you to take advantage of if you like movies, then go see go to the theater or go watch the you know, or the theater, you know, within the community or see the Colts game or, or have that. Or don't. Right. <laughs> or, or you know Be a homebody. <laughs> yeah, go do, and do whatever you want. And right. and you can see the wheels turning like, oh, this is I get this now. This makes a lot of sense that I can, you know, I can maybe care a little bit more for my wife than I could previously because I'm not worrying about the three meals a day. I'm mm-hmm. not out, you know, mowing the lawn or doing that. All of that goes away. And oh my gosh, I'm going to relax. And guess what? He might engage with his daughters a little bit more. You right. know, he might have a new relationship with his wife that they haven't had that for a long time because of just the busyness of owning a home. Right. And that's a great option. Oh, you just said something that triggered a question in my mind. Oh, that's what it was. So my mom was touring communities for my grandmother, and they kept saying, you're not going to have to do, and in my grandmother's case, it's you're not going to have to cook anymore, no more. And they were selling that as a selling point. They hadn't remembered to ask my grandmother, like, what she liked And I think that's what I fell in love with about your process was you did ask those things that are important. So this community selling to my grandmother and saying, oh, you'll never have to cook again. And my grandma's on the other side of the table secretly saying, well, I I like that. I love to do that. That's something of all the things she remembers, it's something she remembers. And so I think it's neat that in your process, you touch on those things. But can you touch on some things that you've noticed in communities that maybe are volunteer opportunities or activity opportunities that can help with those passion points of those folks that are moving in and yet not burden them with the responsibility all the time? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of uh, the communities have... um like uh, resident councils like that that you oh, can cool. you can you can be a part of um and that can be anywhere from to have input on the activities that they do and a lot of them are communities are very open to to those activities one of them in particular they go to colts camp every year because awesome. that became a big deal um or you know maybe they'll go to a, a brewery just to check check it out you know i'm responsible Right. You know, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> they're but they're, adults. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's an interest in that. You know, some have happy hours. Some have um, 
they were they meet with the chef once a month and they talk about the food that was offered and this is the feedback that they got so you can you can be involved in your community almost like your little HOA or you know in my case my little BRVA um, <laughs> uh, that I that I like to be a part of and do that and so yeah you still have value in those skills that you learned that was part of your career can easily transfer to, to help to help the community in general that's great okay so we've talked about those activities and all these different things in communities and you mentioned that this is a free service Correct. to people and that's cool but i know everybody's asking then how do you get paid yeah that's, that's <laughs> a great question it's a fair question so with with these communities i, I part with, partner with them and they they pay me a referral fee if that placement that i bring or, or referral becomes a placement they will pay me a referral fee for that so they're looking for me to be their partner and to bring them qualified leads of people that i think would be a good fit for the community both financially health wise and for a long-term goal so that's that's what they're they're paying me for so that makes sense i think with that comes some other questions like what if somebody that's on your deck of referrals that you can get a fee from isn't a good fit for me Will you still make a placement for my loved one, even though? Say that so. Even though you're not going to get paid, like right. like what if the people that have agreed to pay your referral fee are not a good fit for me? Then what? Where do I go? Can I still come talk to you? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the the goal would be to have contracts with with everyone with in everyone. Central <laughs> Indiana and have that. But no, I mean that that's part of the process. And I, I I'm in the community enough. I'm visiting them. I'm staying up on the state surveys, you know, I want to know what activities are there. So I have a good pulse of what's going on. So I won't um, not refer somebody that I don't have a contract with, you know, yeah. so like, oh, we're not going to go there. I, I go to this one because they pay me in 30 days and <laughs> we'll leave that one. Out. That's not my, my point is to find a good fit. And I always tell the, the, the clients that I'm working with, like when we go into this community, we should feel like we're being interviewed just as much as we're interviewing them to find if it's a good fit. And if we don't, then we do the little, you know, pull our ear, <laughs> Carol Burnett thing and go like, um, I think they're just trying to fill a bed here. And, right. and we don't, we don't want to be there. That's not, we don't want, no community should just want to fill that census and be heroes for that month. And then two months later, they're moving out again because it wasn't a good fit. They, right. they should be wanting to do their due diligence. And it, it, it should be a real conversation. And I, I really, really paid a lot of attention to that too. Yeah, that's something that's so important to me, especially coming from the law firm side of things. When, um, when somebody's looking at a place, all I tell them is wherever you go, try and stay there because a move from one place is hard. Yeah. A move into a second is twice as hard, and their health declines so fast. Outside of that, just is this a place I can stay? What are some other things that you think people should look for? Let's say Dave Holders didn't exist in the world or something, and now I'm moving mom into this community or thinking about it. What are some questions I should ask or what should I look for? Yeah, I, I think one of the questions that I ask, and, and you kind of touched on it, but I think it's really important is like, do you see mom or dad thriving here? You know, I'm, I, I know that a lot of the communities are, are nice and they're shiny and they have the theaters and they have, you know, beautiful dining rooms and all that. And I think about my parents and it's nothing against my parents, but that's not their aesthetic. Right. So I know that they wouldn't 
they wouldn't like that. They would be, oh, wow, it's nice, and they would just stay in their room, which right. just defeats the purpose of that. So you really want to see, you know, how, how is mom and dad going to go down? Are they going to enjoy that? Does this seem like this could be a good fit for them? When we tour, I always say, look how the staff interacts with the residents. Do they know their names? You know, is that, yep. even if it's just the marketing director, she goes, good morning, Gladys. Hi, John. How are you? How are the grandkids? Are they interacting with that? How are the, you know, the actual caregivers taking care of them? Do you notice that? Um, does everyone, does it seem like there's a buzz? Does yeah. it seem like there's a lot of activity going on here? Pay attention to that. Um, and then we get into a lot. I mean, I share with them the surveys and we have those conversations, you know, right. we're, dealing, we're dealing with staff. So yeah. things, you know, people are going to not show up for work and they're going to be shorthanded for one day and, and things are going to go wrong and it's going to be tough. But is there anything egregious in there that we need to bring up? Because, you know, those are public record and nobody should um, shy away from having that conversation. Oh, right. And Absolutely. So, and we've had it and, it and that's a good thing. So when you're making these moves, I'm sure there have to be some objections or hesitation that people have. And how do you help them feel secure in their decision and how do they overcome those objections or how do you overcome those objections and and what are they so that those listeners out there who are talking to themselves in the car listening to this saying well I would never do that because what are those things and and how do you overcome that yeah I you know uh, early on um, as you asked that question one of the conversations that I like to make sure that I interject and remind people I'm there to be your advocate and I'm there to be your partner and that like I said, empathetic guy that understands what you're going through. But I also say to them, I want to poke you with a stick, too, you know, <laughs> right. and say like, hey, you know, tell me why you're thinking that. What you know, what, what explain that a little bit more, so they know that I'm not, I, I'm there to show them the big, the big picture of what's going on. And probably the biggest objection that I hear is just that everybody equates assisted living equals nursing homes, yeah. and they've got some experience in their past you know, a grandmother or something like that, that, you know, is the stereotypical nursing home. And that's what they associate with assisted living. And so spending that time with say, you know, this is, the, like I said, these aren't clinical. These are very much like a Marriott and they're designed to have that um, parked cruise ship type sense. And then nursing homes are different and those are gonna be much more clinical. You'll find people with a much higher acuity there with your uh, medicine carts and stethoscopes and things of that nature. Um, these aren't designed for that. These are completely different. And even when we're on the tour, I'll, you know, a community might have independent living and assisted living within the same building. Yeah. And as we walk through, I'll say, did you notice anything different? And they're like, no, I'm like, we just crossed the line. Right. You know, the, we're now <laughs> in the assisted living side and right. people start to see, you know, oh, okay. So, you know, it's just helping them understand that and not be didactic about it. And, and you know, um, letting them know that it, it's okay. Yeah, and it's a new world. It's a new world. Do you ever get concerns about finance? I feel like, but I'm also like in this hole where finance and law are holding hands. So everybody's concerned with finance. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, obviously they're, the, the assisted living communities are popping up all over the place. And so I think there is that perception that they are expensive, but that's one of the things that'll help them. You know, let's look at your, let's talk about your property tax and what you're paying for your landscaping and your, you know, your grocery bill and all of those things. And you add those up and then look at the cost of what they're providing and maybe what can be saved. I mean, it's a, right. it's a real conversation that, you know, has to be had, but, um, you know, I think if you need the care and that's a, a good thing to do now, we'll, we'll, 
we need we need to figure it out. Yeah, and there's absolutely. options. There's a lot of options for people too that they don't know about. Right, exactly. And I don't think that people can just pick a place based on the cost of somewhere. Like if you're, I don't think it's smart for someone to do this by themselves, especially when they've never done it before or they did it a long time ago in a world that's very different than the current senior space that we're in. And so I think that just shopping for price alone is just a dangerous game to play personally. I think it's a factor, yeah, we have to consider that. Can you continue life here for a longer period of time? Um, but that can't be the only thing, or it can't only be about food, but that's that's just me coming from somebody who, those things are important to me um, because I've seen people decline in a move and I like food a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's always top, right? I understand. Uh, um, so I, I want you to describe what is the difference. So if the greatest obstacle is overcoming people's notion that all senior living is a nursing home, then how can someone differentiate the two? That way they can start spotting before the crisis occurs when their loved one might need that type of setting. So what's the difference between like assisted living and nursing home or maybe even independent and assisted? Okay, well, we'll start with independent. Um, and it's and it is what it, it what it sounds like. It's it's very very independent. In most independent li- independent living apartments, for example, you're going to have a s- stove. You'll have much more counter space, a, a larger kitchen, usually a full sized refrigerator, because they assume that you're still going to be doing a little bit more cooking and things of that nature. Um, usually, a parking space will be there too, so you can come and go. There's no uh, health. Uh, assessment that needs to be done prior to moving into independent living. Okay. So you've got the advantages that you could still take of uh, the food that's there if you want it. You can still um, stock your refrigerator full with ice cream <laughs> if you want. Um, and you can come and go as you want. And you can take part of those activities. You really just don't need um, any of the help with your activities of daily living. Um, that's where you start to switch to assisted living. So whether maybe you need help, standby assist while you're in the shower. Doesn't mean that they're going to wash you or anything <laughs> like that, right? But you're maybe not steady on your feet. And maybe right. it's just a good idea to have somebody just there, help you in and out, and that's it. Medication reminders. I always joke with people, I take one little pill for blood pressure um, every morning. But there's times where I go, oh, did I take that? <laughs> Let's see right. how today turns out. I'll just take it. <laughs> maybe I take two and it might be a fun day. Uh, but you don't, you don't want to mess with that. So right. um, when you start to need some, some help with those, then that's where assisted living can come in and you, you know, meet two of those. Yeah, maybe you have assisted living. You forego the stove now, but mm-hmm. you still have a microwave. You still have a refrigerator. You still can do any of that you want. You can still have people over. If you've got a two-bedroom, people can stay the night. You can still take part of that. But guess what? You've got your meals taken care of. Your laundry's getting done. You, you still have your, all of your independence. There's just a few things that you might need help with. And um, in a lot of cases, you can stay there through, through end of life. You can age in place there. And that's one of the questions we always ask. Do we need if we had to make another move, what would cause us to have to move? And right. um, that. So, and then your nursing homes or your skilled nursing facilities or long-term care, any of those 
uh, words suffice for that. Um, they're just going to be much higher acuity. So if your activities of daily living list gets a lot longer, or you're having trouble feeding yourself, or you need um, you can't uh, you need a two-person transfer, or getting out of the bed, maybe into your wheelchair, you can't do that on your own. That's where you're going to be much more and required for a skilled nursing community. That makes sense. Uh, earlier, you mentioned a license or not if an assisted living community is what you're saying is why what is the license and why would they have one if they're not providing that higher level of care that's a great question in the state of indiana you don't have to have a license to have an assisted living hmm. facility is there a benefit to having one well I, you know i don't i, I don't, if you're unlicensed that it mean doesn't mean you're providing horrible care and right. you, you know any anything along those lines but it is regulated by the state so the state is going to inspect those communities unannounced once a year and they're going to spend time going through the nurses records making sure that adequately staffed the procedures are you know from medication to uh, other medical things are being followed they inspect the kitchen you know hair nets and food is dated properly and all of that and then you have that as public record okay. to, to go back on so it's kind of it's nice to be able to do that you know right um, that kind of triggered a thought in my mind if my loved one is looking into Medicaid or Medicaid waiver uh, can they use those services at assisted living? Do you know that answer? Yes. Yeah, there are Medicaid uh, waiver approved buildings, and and that's something that I know. I mean, a lot of mm -hmm. people know it. I'm not the only one. Uh, <laughs> that'd be nice, right? They only come to me. Yeah, I'm the only one. Um, no, and so yeah, there there are. I will say though, um, your your uh, options are, are a lot smaller. There are not a lot of Medicaid approved assisted living communities in central Indiana um, off the top of my head is probably 17 maybe mm -hmm. somewhere in there so you think about all that's there and then your, your, your options go way down right so. at, at the firm I know there are some families who take advantage of an assisted living community that um, they fell in love with and maybe their loved one needed that Medicaid waiver for the care side of things so then they hired like in-home care to come accept their waiver and provide the care inside their assisted living community. So that's always- They can save, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th I think there's a lot of creative ways that people can kind of stack their benefits, but also stack the things that they need to accomplish, I don't know, a desirable situation uh, for something that could be kind of difficult on a right. family. Absolutely. Um, so if you had to think, what's one thing or one takeaway that you want people to understand about you and what you do, what would that be? You know, I, just w when with going through what happened with my family is um, just you don't want to wait till it's crisis mode. Um, I think that's the great thing about my service is that, it, that it's free. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to really wait. You know, right. people will say, oh, well, we're not going to move for six months or we're not going to start looking. And I, I, I respect that and I certainly understand that. But um, you don't know what you don't know. And right. so why not meet me and just have that conversation for a half an hour and we might uncover something that, you know what, you may want to start talking about that right now. Or you might, oh, I don't even know if mom has an estate plan or an elder law attorney. Well, I happen to know an elder <laughs> law attorney you can talk to and get that ball rolling. And you know what? We can do some of that work at the same time. And you're not wasting my time. So don't wait till it's crisis mode. Right. I really, I, I just, and, and whether or not you work with me or anybody else, but if you've got a little time and a little runway, 
check it out, look for those resources, come ask me, I can point you in the right directions and help you with that. Um, but the last thing you want to do is try to find some place because mom's getting out of rehab and you've got 36 hours to figure all of this out. Yeah, it's really, really, really hard. And um, that's that's the one thing I say, just just don't wait. Don't wait. So if someone did want to reach you, how could they do that? You give us your email, website, sure. phone number. So you can go to uh, Assisted Living Locators of North Indy, and you'll find my website. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, email dholder, that's H-O-L-D-E-R, at assistedlivinglocators.com. Or you can reach me by phone at 317-854-9030. And I'll put all that information kind of down in the details of this podcast for those who want to kind of click on it and reach you. Um, but now that we've covered that, I did mention earlier that you're going to co-host with me for yes. a while. So it's not just me. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited as well. I did want to kind of give people a, a flavor of what they can expect from you and I, the things that you're passionate about, because we have some really cool speakers coming up. And um, I know for myself... I love hearing about products or tangible items that people have created that are different. So I know when talking to you, you showed me this worksheet and of like questions and things to look for and kind of your assessment. And I love that. Um, And uh, for myself, I'm always looking at like actual products for like Parkinson's or anything that might make someone's life easier or provide them with knowledge. So from my standpoint, I'm going to be drilling down on our folks about like, what do you provide that's different? And um, is there a tangible product that you can walk away with? But what can people expect from you? Oh, I want to talk uh, just about education and resources. I just think a lot of people just don't know what is out there that's available to them, be it free or just, uh, you know, um, they can become more educated and have make better decisions about that. So um, I somebody told me one time, you know, I actually think it was Lisa said this, said, you know, like how many, how do people learn about Medicare? When they're 64, they walk across the street uh-huh. and ask their neighbor that's 68, <laughs> what did you do? Great. And that's all they ever learn, you know? And um, I, I thought that was awesome. And I, that seems to be what people do, especially within the senior living community. They don't know that there's home health and there's elder law attorneys and there's other plans that you can do and help and uh, understand to make really great decisions. Right, exactly. No, that's exciting. So I appreciate all of you guys who are listening. And if you would like to uh, subscribe to this podcast and hear more, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of the other links, YouTube and those kinds of things. I'll link all of that down below. And I appreciate your guys' time.